0: This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net and Socialize.me. Today's a bit of a rant and uh, not like any of my other podcasts are ever just rants, but uh, I had this thought while I was putting together the outline for an upcoming seminar I'm doing on selling with style, which is selling to different personality styles and how different people buy and different credibility models and how we all have a different process for buying based upon what we think is credible and our, our preferred style of communication. Now, as I thought about this, I thought about intent. And when we think about intent, I, think, I thought about putting the time in versus putting the intent in our activities. And That's what today's podcast is about. Putting the time in versus putting the intent in. What do I mean by that? Well, I look at our results or lack their results and I was thinking about it initially from a social media perspective about how we put together these campaigns for clients and we do social media management and that each day we have so many tweets per day we put out and so many people we interact with and so many Facebook updates and so many pieces of content on blogs we put together and the reports we generate and the strategies we put together and the questions we answer on behalf of clients. We have this whole social media management side of our business we have with clients. And I think about the times when we're inspired, that momentum, working with our clients, social media presence, or even our own as a company. And I thought, what's the difference between this day and that day? And then I really looked at it is it often boils down to the intent. As I'm sitting down to do my eight-step Twitter formula for the day, which is if you apply it effectively, it can help you increase engagement, increase reach, get followbacks, get people to share your content. What's the difference between one day where it goes well and one way where it doesn't? One day where the stuff I post gets mediocre response and the other days when it has fantastic response. And what came back to me is even though I'm sitting behind a computer, I truly believe people can feel our intent. And our intent actually directs the quality of content we put up and the quality of interaction. Of course, this is not just limited to Twitter. In fact, it goes back to the days of sales training and leadership training that I've done and continue to do. And I think of this quote my dad shared with me and it's actually kind of a, a, a rewording or a, a loose uh, quote from Deepak Chopra. And here was the quote. It's not the attention, but the intention behind the attention that gives us the quality of results. So it's not the attention to something or attention to an activity or attention to a person. It's actually the intention behind that attention, which is going to drive the quality of your results. So I think about when I get on Twitter for the day and I post quotes and I share articles and I ask questions and I follow people, what is my intent? Am I going for the emotions? Am I just trying to get something from someone? Am I desperately looking for feedback and recognition? Or is my intent to add value? Is my intent to build community? Is my intent to help other people? Is my intent to genuinely celebrate the brilliance of other thought leaders out in the marketplace? This intent is going to greatly affect the quality of content when we put out. I then think about the needs analysis approach we teach. So we've got a series of questions and a format when you sit down with a client where if you ask the questions in that order, starting with open-ended general easy questions, then moving to questions that form an opinion, then questions that direct, and then you get down into specific, important, and confidential questions near the end. And if you follow this process nicely, it's not unlike the ones that a police, police officer may use to interview you or a counselor uses to open you up to communicate what's really going on. What's my intent behind this? Is my intent to convince a client to buy my stuff? Or is my intent to help them find the right solution for their business and their life? This will greatly affect my tone, my body language, all these things. And that, in effect, will change the outcome of the needs analysis, the type of information I get, and the flow between myself and the person I'm talking to. I think about Cameron Harold. Cameron Harold uh, wrote a book called The Back Pocket C O O. Actually, no, that's his. Sorry, that's his um, web, his domain, and his branding. But his actual book was called Double Double. But I saw this post we're friends on Facebook, and he posted this the other day. And this is kind of a, a paraphrasing him. He said, CEOs, stop asking questions that are really your opinion, where you're implying the answer. Instead, start asking questions and be open to the answers coming from your team. You know, reach out and pull their brilliance out. And that's an intent thing. You know, as a leader, are we just asking questions so we can reaffirm our narrow outlook? Or are we asking questions to build, to open, to create, to expand? Then let's think about feedback. Here's another big one around our intent behind feedback. So I think about feedback when someone says, well, I was just telling the truth. Really? So we all know these people who are walking around all day offending people and maybe we're that person and maybe we've actually used feedback not as a tool to build but as a tool to crush other people emotionally, competitively, in the office environment or even our own kids. So when I think about feedback, what's your intent when you're giving someone feedback? Is it the truth or is it just your opinion? That's number one, the reality. Is it really the truth or is it just your opinion? The next one I think is really important, this goes back to intent, is number one, do you have permission or even rapport that individual you're giving feedback to? Do they see you just as a manager they have to listen to, or do they see you as a trusted confidant that they, can, they have a relationship with, for instance? Um, and so I think it's really important is do we have permission to give feedback at that point, and are we in rapport at that moment? Think about the intent again and what's going on. Often that will be affected by what you're giving off. Will it help improve your relationship? Or help this person grow personally or professionally? And lastly, is it absolutely necessary to say? And so I think about feedback even is what is our intent when I'm starting? Is my intent to tell the truth, to build someone up, to improve the relationship? And is it necessary? Or is my intent clouded in a way that it's going to affect the outcome of giving someone feedback? Let's think about influencer outreach. This is a con- this is a concept or a term that's used a lot in social media marketing. And what it's really about is your business may have 200 Twitter followers or 500 Facebook fans or six people who read your blog every day, but there's influencers who influence your marketplace who already are connected to thousands of people. And so we always talk about it's so important to reach out and connect with influencers. But again, our intent behind that activity is going to affect the quality of your results. So Am I just reaching out to this person hoping they're going to write about our business? Am I holding an influencer event? Um, And I think about a a great little influencer event that Toyota ran here in Vancouver recently where it was called the the Toyota Hybrid Rally. And what they did is they took a bunch of influencers in the community, bloggers and Twitters and mum bloggers and tech bloggers and business bloggers, and they put them in these cars. And the goal was they had to get through one A to B, in the city, and whoever used the least fuel won this awesome gift prize, which is like a weekend in Whistler Hotels, the whole nine yards. So that was a great prize. What was interesting is that Toyota's intent was not to sell them a car or force them to blog about it. In fact, they didn't ask them to do that at all. They just invited them out, put them in the cars, and they had fun. And you know what? Everybody blogged about it. Everybody tweeted about it. People communicated about it. People shared about the brand. Why? Because the brand started with the right intent with the influencer outreach. The intent, and this is if I was going to do, influencer outreach, is to add, are you adding value to that person's life or business? Is that influencer outreach, whatever it is, could it create a mind-blowing experience? Is my intent to wow them and give them something that Guy Kawasaki would call enchanting as an experience? By the way, if you search this uh, podcast through iTunes, you'll find I did a full interview with Guy Kawasaki on Enchantment, his book, and there's some great insights on creating these mind-blowing experiences in there. Or you can pick up the book, which is a fantastic book. The reason why you do influencer outreach is you've got such an incredible product, service, or solution that if only people knew about it, everything would be great because you've got this amazing enchanting process or product. And that's what influencer outreach is about, and that should be the intent about it. It's not flogging our mediocre products or stuffing our marketing materials on someone's throat. Then I think about sales. It's on the fifth call and onward, or fifth call and value-added contact and onward, that 81% of all conversion business happens. And this is according to the American Dry Goods Association, a study done by them quite some time back. So the fifth con- value-added contact and onward But again, it's not just touches. It's not just, how do you want to buy, and here's a leaflet, and here's a calendar, and and here's our email newsletter. These these are touches, but they mean nothing unless we have a solid intent behind them. What's our intent? My father's been teaching sales training and, and sales, and he's been an author and spoken to millions of people around the world, literally, on the topic of sales. And one of my favorite things he says about touches is follow through is vital, but never pick up the phone or send an email or send a gift. Unless you've figured out how it's going to add unique value to that prospect's life that day. That is the power of intent. Your intent is not, I have to contact them, hopefully they'll buy. My intent is, I want to add value in a unique way when I pick up the phone today. So here's six things that we can do. And I, I kind of just brainstormed these today because this is a bit of a rant. But these are six things you can do to make sure that your intent is moving in the right direction. So you get the results you want out of business in your life. Number one... Check in on your emotional state. So what is my... How am I feeling today? You know, is my heart in my throat? Am I full of anxiety? Am I still stressed out from my, my commute downtown to meet the client? So loosen up. Open up. Let go. How's my confidence? How do I feel about this person walking through the door? What do I need to do to ground, to center, to clear my mind, and to really think for a moment before I start anything, and make sure my intent is in the right spot. Number two is start with the receiver in mind. So this is really important. Once we're clear and with our intent, then think about the whole interaction from the perspective of the client or the prospect or the individual in the community you're connecting with. What kind of experience or what perspective, what are they looking for? What does it hurt for them? What do they want? What's important? Again, how do I make sure I add unique value today? Number three, be clear on your goals for that meeting. What are you trying to achieve with this interaction? And what are the benefits? What are the benefits to them and yourself with this interaction? Now, this, again, could be the needs analysis. It could be the tweets. It could be sitting down with your team as a CEO. It could be the feedback you're about to give somebody. Number four, set a goal and make your touches and interactions enchanting. So how do I go from great interactions to mind-blowing, emotional, memorable interactions whether it's a tweet whether it's a blog post you send through or it's an invitation to an event or it's a gift or it's an in-person meeting how do I make this enchanting number five be totally present when taking these actions so part of intent is focus remember we talked about the fact that it's not just your attention but your intention behind that attention that gives you your quality of results but attention is a key factor so be totally present you know, put aside the, the phone. Um, forget about what went wrong or what your next meeting is about or what time it is. And be totally present when you're taking these actions in marketing, sales, business development, and leadership. And number six, this is kind of a six and seven combined, is be gracious in all aspects of interacting. And I have to thank Reza Rudy for talking to me about graciousness, a fantastic counselor and coach. So be gracious in all aspects of interacting and be unattached to the results, and actually that's a connection, is in order to be gracious, we have to be unattached to the results. We give a client a gift and we accept them to be blown away, and instead they give you a quick thank you and they put it on the corner of their desk. If we're attached to the results, our our connection, that gift is not a real gift. So whether it's a great tweet and no one responds, or it's a needs analysis and it doesn't go to the direction you want, or it's the fact the client says no, no thank you, not at this time, I can't meet. It's the fact that we make the decision to be gracious and unattached. That personal doubt or anxiety will not be communicated or telegraphed to the people around us. And intent is not, I finished with this. And this was actually a study. this was something done. I don't know if you've seen this show. And I'm going to look this up here. I did a quick Google, if you hear the clicking on my computer, around micro expressions. Um, There was a great show that came out that I liked that was discontinued. And it was based upon work done by by Paul, um, I believe his name is uh, Ekman, and Paul did the study of microexpressions, which is an extension of learn neurolinguistics programming. And what we found is that in many cases, if you've ever met somebody and within a moment you feel comfortable, or the moment you feel anxious, you don't even know why, you trust them or you don't trust them. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that although our conscious mind can only process about seven chunks of information at any given time, our subconscious can process millions. And what occurs is that how we feel whether we're angry or sad or confident or aloof or of contempt for someone that our our face and our body language especially particularly our face has these minor micro expressions small furrows of the bra the brow that tightness around the mouth and these are almost inherently what we would call instinctive for us these are facial expressions that are uniform not just across people but actually even primates so why i share this is that if you don't like someone and you're talking to them often unconsciously, our micro-expressions are communicating this to them. If we're feeling confident or better than someone, our micro-expressions communicate this on a subconscious level to those around us. So does our body language. So does the way we breathe or even how we're standing in position to them on a greater level. But why I share this is in an instant, whatever your intent is, whether you realize it or not, especially on a one-to-one basis, is telegraphed to the other person. And they might not know why they just like you all of a sudden. Or why they don't trust you. And a lot of it comes down to our intent. So kind of wrapping this up is I'm going to start with the title. Don't just put the time in. Don't just go through the paces. Really make sure you're putting the intent in along with the activities. Because your intent is going to greatly affect your outcome and your sales, marketing, and leadership activities. This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net and Socialized.me. I'd love your feedback or to hear from you about how you're enjoying this program. Uh, You can tweet me at Shane Gibson and you can email me at Shane, S-H-A-N-E, at Socialized.me.